Hello, and welcome to the Locked on Flyers podcast for Tuesday, November 12th, your daily dose of Flyers news, analysis, and high-quality content that hopes the Flyers got some rest yesterday. They had, as we talked about, three games in four days, and then tomorrow start another three games in four days. So hopefully they had a nice Monday that was relaxing and kind of recharged their batteries a little bit. Yeah. They deserve it. They do. So you can subscribe to Lockdown Flyers on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts, so you'll automatically get all of our episodes here on the Lockdown Sports Network. And if you could, leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts to help other Flyers fans find the podcast. Today, we're going to take a little look at our depth at D right now. And as part of that, we'll sort of transition into our Phantoms check-in. And then finally, take a look at some of our prospects in the CHL. Remember, you can follow us on Twitter at LockedOnFlyers, tweet us your questions for our weekly mailbag, or tell us what you think about the Flyers and their season so far. You can also email us at LockedOnFlyers at gmail.com. So the Flyers system is in an interesting situation defensively. Right now, at the Flyers level, Myers has essentially proven himself, right? So the Myers-Sanheim pairing is ostensibly, you know, your bottom pairing, although it could be Ghost Braun. But... Nonetheless, right now, the Flyers just have Robert Haig as their healthy scratch defenseman, Mm -hmm. which, you know, you'd think would be fine, except when you look at the Phantoms and the depth there, there's a bit of an injury plague going on right now. So Sam Moran, who had been our borderline slash healthy scratch defenseman at the Flyers level, got sent down, as we know, is out for the season. Chris Bigras has been out. I think that injury is shorter term. And then Mark Friedman recently was hurt in a game. So we're kind of low on defensemen at the AHL level. They had to recall James DeHaas from Reading. And so right now the top pairing at the Phantoms level is TJ Brennan and Andy Walensky. And that's kind of where we're at if we need to do some sort of recall. Now, Walensky has actually been playing quite well. As of Saturday night, he scored his second goal in three games, his sixth point in five games. Sunday, he didn't have any points but got three solid shots on goal. So that's a pretty strong offensive defenseman right there at the AHL level. There's just a question of whether or not that would translate HL level. And I just worry a little bit that, God forbid, one defenseman at the Flyers level goes down. We're kind of scrambling here. And we'd be stuck to have Robert Haig back in the lineup, which not ideal. Well, I definitely think that no matter, like, depending on who gets hurt, Haig is always going to be the first person in, in the lineup because he's... We may not like it, but he is a proven NHL defenseman. So no matter, like, if some, like, whatever happens, I think 
say Andy Walensky is the next one up or Mark Friedman when he gets healthy is the next one up, depending on injuries. Um, I still think that they'll be the first guys scratched, not really actually playing. And that's just, it just seems like Haig just has the coach's ear, like just because of his previous past of playing in the NHL. I do too. I just kind of worry that, you know, if they do have to call somebody up just to sit, I wonder if they call somebody up that's kind of further down the Mm -hmm. totem pole, so to speak, just so that Brennan and Walensky can continue to play and get the minutes, or do you call them up? I mean, obviously, I'm not wishing injury no, on anybody, course. but I just, I just worry about these things, and and I also worry about the phantoms, yeah. right? I want, I want them to be able to succeed, and I want the forwards to be able to have defensemen that they can rely on to get to, them the puck, you know, have their develop. Yeah, to get them the puck and to continue their development, because obviously we want Morgan Frost to be able to continue to excel and, and Isaac Ratcliffe and, you know, all those other guys that are looking to take a step forward, you know, they need strong defensive pairings supporting them. They do, and I definitely agree. Um, I just think, uh... I'm not really sure. I I don't I don't know who Chuck would call up first. I mean, he's been. It seems like anybody who's doing well would get a chance. So maybe it is Andy Wolinski who gets uh, a chance, or you know, whoever further down in the depth chart. I'm not really sure um, what that. It, I guess it just depends on what the Flyers need at that time, um, or what slot or what defense they're trying to uh, they're trying to fill. But um, I just think this is just shows how glaringly uh, in need the Flyers were of a defensive prospect, and it's just it makes it crystal clear if it wasn't already why they picked Cam York and why Cam York was a better fit than say another like a forward. Yeah, I mean, because when you look further down the depth chart for the Phantoms. It's Tyler, Tyler Watherspoon and Reese Wilcox, which, I, yeah. you know, <laughs> I, I don't think they're NHL no. defensemen. No, it's, uh, yeah, no. <laughs> so, I don't know. I just think it's worth asking of the course. question now. And, you know, if we're starting to think about positions and roles that we may need to fill either through trade or something at the mm-hmm. deadline if if the system gets depleted anymore that we're just starting to think about these things now and prepare for any of these eventualities which I'm sure the team <laughs> is doing we've just been kind of in a in a blind spot yeah. right now about this in particular so I'm looking forward to seeing what especially the Phantoms coaches are having to say and see if Chuck Fletcher has anything to say about it moving forward. I agree with that. I think that's that's fair. So we'll uh, keep an eye on this moving forward, and hopefully Chris Beras comes back from injury soon, and we'll also track what's going on with Mark Friedman's injury as well.
Welcome back to Locked on Flyers and continuing our conversation about the Phantoms. It's time to check in and see how they've been doing in the last week. They had three games last Wednesday. They played Wilkes-Barre Scranton and won four to two in regulation. Miracle of miracles. But then this weekend they had back to back games, uh, Saturday and Sunday versus Hershey. And they won the first one on Saturday, three to two in overtime. And then on Sunday, they lost three to two in the shootout. So the Phantoms are continuing the Flyers family tradition <laughs> of bonus hockey, our nemesis of the week. I think overall, the Phantoms have been playing pretty well. I think they've just kind of gotten sucked into some of the scrappiness of, of these games. And I think that's where they have given up goals. They've also committed a bunch of penalties that led to a couple of goals that were on. But overall, I think other than the injuries, obviously, it's it was a pretty solid long weekend for the Phantoms. I would agree. I would agree. And I thought um, we saw some guys like definitely have standout games during this week, these three games. And I think, wasn't it? um, Yeah. Yeah. So Chris Kulo had two goals um, and an assist in the game against Wilkes-Barre Scranton. And um, so he really had like a, like he's starting to, to, put together strong games and I've really liked him since uh since training camp he's just he's a short scrappy guy and he's just he doesn't stop he just continues to just go 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 and push hard to the net so I was happy to see him get um two goals just for his confidence and you know it's good to see other guys step up when it, the Flyers are taking a lot of the the key players for the Phantoms so um, but yeah, I would agree with you that, you know, there were, it was the overall great, it was good, good, solid games from, from the Phantoms. Yeah. So that first game that you were referring to last Wednesday against Wilkes-Barre, um, that was the game that Samaran's ACL was torn, which, which was terrible. But, you know, we were talking about Andy Walensky. That's when he got his first goal as a oh, Phantom. Right. Yes. Yes. So that was great. Um, it was kind of like give and take. So Andy Walensky had his first goal, but then Morgan Frost point streak ended because he didn't get any points in that game. But the, I think overall they battled through that game really well and, you know, they got an empty netter to seal it. But considering how rough that game was, there was just a couple of big fights. Yeah. Uh, Nate Prosser got a 10-minute misconduct and you know, Mark Friedman's injury, he was really badly boarded in that game and there was this retaliation fight so that's when Prosser got the, the 10 but I think that it was just an important game to battle through and to have won it in regulation you know, it was, <laughs> it was nice for them to have a shorter game but it was also pretty important and then Saturday's game Versus Hershey, Lyon was in net, uh, 28 saves on 30 shots, and the Phantoms got 32 shots on goal. Friedman got injured for real in this game. 
he had a rough weekend. <laughs> yeah. Um, where he, he did get badly boarded in that first game and then got injured in the Saturday game. It was just kind of a freak thing. He just kind of like went down in the corner and, uh, it just wasn't exactly clear how it had happened. But on the upside, Morgan Frost came back and had two assists in that game. Uh, and the second one that was, a great feed on the eventual overtime yeah. winner. Yeah. It, it was just such a good play. It was. And I mean, th- like there was a time, it's like, I don't even know how to explain it, but he like had the puck, the defender was coming at him and it was just seemed like he like pushed the puck to the boards, got around the defender and picked the puck up to continue to make that play for that overtime winner. I, the, like this is the stuff you used to see him do in juniors, um, and so it's like you can tell he's starting to his confidence is starting to grow, and he's starting to make those plays. That I mean, are one of the reasons why he was drafted so high was because he's just such an incredibly smart playmaker. Yeah, and the team overall, I think, supported that they were five for five on the penalty kill and managed to get a power play goal when they had a five on three. So I think they were able to capitalize when they needed to and able to shut it down when they needed to. Uh, one of the, the um, Hershey goals in this game, I mean, Lyon didn't even have a chance. It was one of those crazy things where the puck bounces off the glass and then off the goalie's back oh, and into the yeah. net. So, you know, him for that. And so overall, I thought it was a really strong performance by Lyon. And considering all the work they've both been getting and with the bonus hockey, you know, I think that they're both doing okay. Like, I've, I've been pleasantly surprised. Yeah. So then, unfortunately, they lost the final game in the shootout. Yeah. Three to two. And they did have a lead in this game that they blew. So that was not great. Yeah, it stings a little bit. It does. And I think that they weren't quite as strong on special teams, 0 for 3 on the power play, and they gave up a power play goal. Mm. And it was just, I think, so you know, similar to... The Flyers playing a back-to-back. They they had a back-to-back and they were exhausted and they just kind of fell apart in the third period. Yeah. And Hershey had a late goal that was maybe like three minutes, a little over three minutes left in the game. And uh, but you know again took it to the shootout and just couldn't get it done. Um, Morgan Frost though did get a goal. Yeah, it was just his only shot of the game, though. Oh. So I would have liked to see him a little stronger offensively. Mm-hmm. But he did take advantage of the one shot he got. Well, that's good. And he's already carrying on, like, a two-game point streak now. Like, after, you know, getting his point streak uh stopped on Wednesday, he's back to putting up some some points. So that's good. I mean, not great, but... It's good to see Frost scoring. (laughs) Yeah. So, yeah, I just, you know, I think that it's just important to look at the context of his goals. You know, like we talked about, I think, was it last week about, you know, do we call him up or not? And I, I just think that, again, we just have to 
temper expectations a little bit and just be aware of the context of his scoring and how he performs overall and not just look at the stat lines. Yeah, that I think that's fair. Um, I'm a little biased, so I've always liked Morgan Frost since he was drafted, so I'm just excited for him that he's putting up the points. But I definitely agree with you that you have to look at the context of it. Um, and, like, overall, it, like, I mean, they still lost, and it's not like he was helped driving the offense any more than just the goal he did, but it's a small part of me is still, like, very excited for him. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I am, too, for sure. I just am trying to be calm <laughs> about it without getting too excited. But I, I, I cannot wait to see him in the NHL, for sure. So... Upcoming games, they're playing at Springfield on Wednesday and then Friday at Binghamton. And then Saturday, they play Wilkes-Barre Scranton again at home. So looking at my calendar and the Flyers calendar and the Phantoms calendar, it's been a busy November schedule and will only continue to stay so. Uh, I've been watching a lot of hockey these days, and I don't want to have to worry about having to cook dinner and get distracted from the game, so I use DoorDash. DoorDash connects you to your favorite restaurants in your city. Ordering is so easy. You open the app, choose what you want to eat, and your food will be delivered to you wherever you are. There's over 340,000 restaurants in 3,300 cities in all 50 states and Canada. So you can order from your regular local spots, your favorite national restaurants like Chipotle, Wendy's, or Chick-fil-A, and the Cheesecake Factory, or you just might find a new favorite too. I don't want to worry about dinner, so I let dinner come to me with DoorDash. Right now, our listeners can get $5 off their first order of $15 or more when you download the DoorDash app and enter promo code LOCKEDON. That's $5 off your first order when you download the DoorDash app from the App Store and enter promo code LOCKEDON. Welcome back once again to Locked On Flyers, your daily Flyers podcast on the Locked On Sports Network. So normally right here we'd be doing a defending the indefensible of something the Flyers did in the medium or distant past. But we were thinking that based on a couple of tweets that Alex Appleyard put out about some of our prospects. We thought we'd take a look at some more recent draft picks and prospects and see as of now, can we defend those draft picks or signings or can't we? So the players in particular that Alex singled out are Jaeger Zamula, who is currently with the Calgary Hitman, Wyatt Wiley, who is with the Everett Silvertips, that's where Carter Hart played, and Mason Millman, who is with the Saginaw Spirit, and Roddy Ross, who is a goaltender with the Seattle Thunderbirds, and then also looked at Yegor Serduk, who is with the Victoriaville Tigers in the queue, and Jay O'Brien, who's with the Pentagon Vs in the BCHL, which is a lower level. 
league. So right now, Alex is saying the only ones that are meeting or exceeding expectations are Zamula and Wiley, and Millman's a little borderline. And he's saying that Ross and Sergiuk and O'Brien are not meeting expectations. Danielle, what do you think about those as assessments? Um, so I think they they make sense. I mean, um, Alex Appleyard. Um, well, what intrigued me so much about the tweets is that he gives them, like, he takes into account of, like, their age, like, their, their peers that they're playing against and, like, what their production should be in regards to, like, in comparison to past elite players. So the fact that Zamula is currently exceeding, uh, his pace for like what's expected of or his expected pace. I think that's I think that's fair to say that he's a like leading the pack. Same goes for like if you look for um Jay O'Brien, who you see you think of the league that he's in, um people that are players that have come out of that league, their points percentage, and then the fact that um like what he's the points percentage he's putting in right now and to say that he's underachieving is fair to say i don't and i don't he doesn't account for like where they were drafted and like what their what their pedigree is but the fact that like uh jay o'brien was like a first overall picks or first round pick 19th overall and he's producing like this in the bchl um i think that's fair to you know, we could be rating him lower than, than Alex has, has him currently. So I think that his projections are fair. Um, I'm not surprised so much by, uh, the production because I mean, we've, and I don't know if we've talked about this on the podcast, but we've talked about Zamula and our love for him and how good of a defenseman he is just because we saw him in, uh, training camp. Um, and then Wyatt Wiley is a, is a draft pick that I've been, following for a long time and I've seen his progression and his just increase in role uh with the silver tips. Millman is a new is a newer draft pick, so this is the first time I'm seeing him um play consistently. But uh in training camp I thought that he definitely held his own. I mean you could tell that he was new um to like NHL development camps, but he's definitely as the week progressed looked a ton better. So I'm not um surprised so much by this list. Um, what about you? Yeah, I, you know, I think it's an accurate assessment of where they are now. I'm just trying to think in the greater context of what we know about them from their past yeah. and their potential. It, I, I think that obviously the Jay O'Brien pick was a high risk pick. Yes. And it was also a second first round pick. So it was kind of a, an opportunity to take a risk and they did, but I'm just not so sure. I mean, he struggled at the university level and now is in this lower level league and not exactly killing it in the way that he should be given his ceiling. And so, you know, I, if he turns out to be a wash, it'll be disappointing, but not unexpected. I, I'm, I was less, enthusiastic I think about the lower level draft picks this past year and in 2018 to some degree but more so this past year and I thought there was a lot of question marks there 
you know, Mason Millman, I think, could go either way. Yeah. He could burst onto the scene and you know, really be successful, but he could also go absolutely nowhere. And I, I just, I think we need a full season with him to know where he's going and where he could potentially fit in the future of the defensive core. But I'm super thrilled about Yegor Zamula, like you have been talking about. You've been talking about so much, and <laughs> I, appre- I appreciate that. Uh, just because as a defenseman, to a- be averaging a point per game in the WHL is extraordinary. So I- I'm just looking forward to seeing that continue over the course of this season. Yeah. To just like um not to like turn the knife in more about Jay O'Brien, but I love to think about this because I'm still so bitter. The Flyers had two draft picks, yes, but the Flyers also passed on Keandre Miller, who is a defenseman for the University of Wisconsin, who is just turning into such a, like, just such a fantastic, um, offensive defenseman. And I just am thinking about if they would have, like, we just talked about the Flyers' lack of depth uh at defense and if they would have picked him over Jay O'Brien then that second draft pick would have been looking amazing like Keandre's not in the AHL now he's still in college but he chose to continue to play in college because um he, of the strides he's made uh from his sophomore year to his um or his freshman year to his sophomore year and so um yeah i just think about if we would have got um, Faraby and Miller instead of Faraby and O'Brien, then that's so mean. Like then maybe we could have had Cole Caulfield, Ugh. but I mean, listen, we're go- like now you we're know. Just- <laughs> not defending anything. I mean, not like you know trying to make it look bad. Just thinking in hindsight, twenty twenty, if we would have picked. Kay- I know, but that one hurts so much because I loved Kendry Miller I too. Loved- he was one of the guys I wanted in that draft so, so bad. bad, and when they. And when they pass on, yeah, that is a definitely, I, I cannot, that is indefensible almost to me. Yeah. So, I mean, I definitely agree with you. I think we definitely need to see a full season of the guys that were just drafted. And I still think with Rowdy Ross, like I would like to see more just because, uh, just because of, goalies you never really know i mean he could be doing like he's has a uh 0.910 uh or yeah 0.910 uh save percentage but we don't know about the defense in front of him um you know what i'm saying like the quality of uh of forwards he has on his team he could be really putting in like fantastic saves and just getting no help whatsoever so i definitely uh agree with you that i think we need to see a full year out of them before we see if this was a bad or uh, a good or a bad draft pick. Um, can already tell, but, uh, I mean, I, we've, like we both said, Zamula doesn't matter if he was drafted or undrafted. The fact that he was undrafted is just like kind of like money in the bank at this point. Exactly. Yeah. I think that 
It's a good batch to keep an eye on for sure because they're kind of mid-low picks and that's kind of where you look for your diamonds in the rough and see if you can see a guy progress into a quality pro hockey player. And who knows, maybe some of these guys will have successful AHL-level careers. But we shall see. So thanks for listening to today's show. We'll be back again tomorrow where we will preview our game versus the Caps and have our weekly mailbag. As a reminder, we want to hear from you. Send in your questions via Twitter at LockedOnFlyers, or you can email us at LockedOnFlyers at gmail.com. I'm Danielle, and you can find me on Twitter at Danielle underscore Nick. That's Danielle underscore N-I-C-C. And I'm Rachel. I'm on Twitter at rmiriam. That's R-M-I-R-I-A-M. Have a good night.